0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yo, we're going to have to talk Masters of the Universe at some point, though. Oh! My son is hell bent on me playing Skeletor.
1: Ah, fantastic! Yes.
0: If I walk into his bedroom, you'll you'll see all Master Universe stuff everywhere, all over his. His birthday was last week. I had to buy him all the Master Universe stuff. Um, but he says, "Dad, if you don't play Skeletor, I'm just gonna
1: get mad." Baby. That's that's so. pretty. That would be uh, uh yeah. I, I think that'd be a no brainer, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. Um, who's doing it now? They're doing it. It's, uh, uh, isn't Netflix doing it as a feature or something? I have no idea. Um, I think there's a big feature. They're trying to get that going. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, oh somebody, somebody Googled me, Joe. Um, yeah, that was my entree into show business.
0: Right. Good entree though.
1: <laughs> it was It was a year of my life. I thought every movie took a year to get made and cost a fortune and then disappeared without a trace. That was sort of my, uh... <laughs> far off. uh, yeah exactly and then as long as um i also want to ask you too because it's one of the things that that confounds me uh sincerely because i know enough people we, we were talking about this before we started recording who uh uh know you and and have worked with you and everybody always says the same thing um which is that you're a lovely lovely person and you hear this so often about actors who um actually why don't we why don't we joe should i introduce him
2: I guess so, because until you get to the part where he comes home and kicks his dog, because everybody says, "I'm icy."
1: That's right. Yes, uh, but we're we're talking very excited. We're talking to your boy. Maker. Here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movies that made me. With your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. great actor neil mcdonough who like I, I you're one of those guys who had been around like just always in stuff classing up the joint um for He's quite a while
2: everything He's before everything.
1: uh yeah then and then showing up at band of brothers and just kind of blowing everybody away and then just going on to somebody out of the boom mm-hmm. town so, and
0: somebody once said to me that you're like basf you don't necessarily make movies you just make them better <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was, and i took that as such a compliment that you know me being the humble guy that I am, I thought that was really a sweet thing for some.
1: That's good. That's a great line. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of true. Um, but I mean, I, I, he's been in so many things, including a personal favorite of mine, Justified. Um, he's got a new movie out called Boone, which he's not only the star, but he also co-wrote. Um, and I, I doubt anybody, I doubt even you have seen every movie you've been in a TV show.
0: But I, I, I don't really generally watch anything I'm, I'm in unless I really have to, you know. There
1: you go. Okay. Uh, That's one well. of
0: those. The last couple, Ravey and I, my wife Ravey and I produce. So, you know, as a producer, you have to watch the cuts, obviously. So that's... I suppose, yeah. Even then, I'm like, let's, 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 director, get your cut as close to, as, as finished as possible, and then I'll look at it, you know. Is uh, it,
1: is it a, um, do you still have that, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you cringe when you see yourself? Is that part of no, it? No, 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 no. No, you're okay with that?
0: It's the exact opposite.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you cringe when you see everybody else.
0: Yes. <laughs> no, no, it's not that either. Um, it's, I don't want to see what works really well and lean on that crutch. Got it. That makes sense.
1: Sure. A lot lot
0: of actors see something they're really good at and they stick with it for their career and that's their thing. And I never want that to be my thing. In fact, I I kind of have the same look for every film that I'm I'm in. I don't like to change my look very very much. I just like to change my thought process. So whether I'm playing the going on Legend of Tomorrow, or whether, whether I'm playing a good guy in Boone, you know, I, 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 I don't want to steal from anything because I, I, I like to be fresh. I like, I like to be honest. I like to come from my soul and, and be the best artist that I can possibly be with each character. So, uh, so I generally don't look at my stuff.
1: Interesting. OK, because, um, well, tell me, tell me, do you have a theory, though, why? I found this among actors who, not that you're playing nothing but, but you've played a lot of villains. And I've spent time around a lot of actors who have done that, and I've spent time around a lot of uh, thanks to knowing Joe and some other stuff, a lot of horror filmmakers. and I find the the one thing that they all have in common is they're all generally pretty nice people.
0: yeah. and
1: what is that what is that about?
0: Well, for me, I won't do sex scenes, so because of that, well, what am I going to do? I'm either going to be a soldier in the middle of you know a you know, a war where there's you know no women around or or I'm going to be the villain so years ago i decided i'm going to be the best villain possible and and i think i kind of i did that i think i think i made really entertaining villains
1: but does just tapping into that on a regular basis do something does it sort of does it give you an outlet that allows you to be just kind of a little bit better in your normal life do you think well, or
0: playing, playing the villains i get to infuse as much of my comedy into characters as possible mm. i kind of make my villains fun
1: mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's it's playing the heroes playing like buck compton or playing you know when i did um you know like with boone or the warrant or any of these characters or tin man when i play the good guys i'm much more I'm me like boone was was really very much me uh, as was the warrant these last two westerns that rivet and i produced so to slough off those guys is a little more difficult because i'm really tapping into the what-ifs as a dad and the what-ifs as a husband mm-hmm. so it, it's that that takes a lot more um I need to take a break after when I play those ones, because I really had to jump into my skin and learn as much about me as possible. Villains is just fun, goofy, just fun, just go, go crazy. And, and, you know, absurd situations. Uh, At the end of the day, I I can, I can go home without having that kind of stuck in my, my psyche. The good guys are different. You know, it's, it's a lot harder because it's a more, it's real emotion when I'm playing the, playing the good guys. So, um, but I love it. I get to get to really, you know, really dissect me and who I am and, and what I what I'm all about. So I really love playing the good guys.
1: Interesting. I mean, Joe, have we really talked about this before? Like, why, why are why are the um, how come those matches of horror meals are always so pleasant? <laughs> those big dinners everyone's held, nice. What's we, going we on? We get
2: all of our uh, all of Perfect. our bad thoughts out in our work, and then go <laughs> the home and are really nice. <laughs> I mean, you know, people always said working with the, working with the heavies. You know, whether it was Vincent Price or Karloff right. or whoever like, but there's a, but they're so they always meet them and they so, but they're so nice, you know. Right. And they can afford to be nice. They're they're paid to
1: be awful. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's point. Yeah. It makes sense. As good as anything. Um uh well, Neil, I've I've just always uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where I first went. Uh oh, that guy's great. Um and there have been about a hundred times we've gone, oh, it's that guy, I love that guy. But uh um I was really excited to get you on the show and uh, talk to you about the, uh, the, the, the stuff you like in movies, like what kind of, what kind of movies have uh, turned you on over the years. And yeah, but you- I mean,
0: movies that, that I love are always kind of, you know, I love the 70s films that were made back then. I like the, the last films of John Wayne when he really knew he was coming down the home stretch and the emotion, the real raw emotions of the cowboys or the shootists those two sure, films yeah. are just so fantastic and then you go to the french connection and what gene Hackman did with popeye doyle that's that's just an incredible performance
1: i want to so were you did you see those um like as a kid growing up or
0: the first movie i saw in the theater was the sting and i snuck it with my brother gerard and i was like what the heck is going on here and the, you know the eye candy the music the performances and you know those are two of the coolest actors of all time you know there's newman and redford just tearing up the screen and I was like wow Maybe one day I'll be in him. And it was pretty much the same time as uh, you know, Jaws came out, and you know they were they were casting Jaws in our hometown in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And all my buddies were went to audition for this movie. Jaws, I'm like, dude, what, what, why are you auditioning for a movie? We got Sandlot baseball. Come on, it's it's noon every day. We play baseball in the summertime. And these guys went. I'm like, what do you want to be in a movie for? And I remember telling that story to Stephen. You know, when I was on Minority Report, I was a Band of Brothers. I forget which one it was. It was Minority Report. Uh, and and he giggled that you know now here I am I worked with Stephen five different times, uh, and how blessed I am to have done it. But um, I don't know I I, I I I have a very blessed and fortunate life. That's that's for sure. Sure, um, yeah. For me, I, when I was a kid, I think because I don't know why I mean, my dad didn't like the volume on the TVs. I think and my grandmother didn't either. I used to watch tons of movies with no volume. <laughs> to this day, I'll still watch if it's a great movie. You don't need volume. You can just see the actors thinking and
2: doing and that's it. That's what Hitchcock used to say. You know, if, it, if you can oh, understand yeah. it, if you can understand it without the dialogue, then it's a, got it, it. it's a better movie.
0: Yeah, it's a much better movie. So, um, you know, sometimes I'll watch my stuff and I'll, I will, when I, when I used to watch my stuff, I would watch it and fast forward or watch it with no sound and think, okay, am I really selling the thought process correctly? um, or in fast forward, was I moving around so much that that I wasn't focused on really staying still like McQueen or like, you know, Redford was so good at or like Costner does now. They just stop and really listen to what's going on. And then they'll say the words, but it's really the listening act that makes it so mm-hmm. engaging on screen. You can, you, you know, God forbid you're in a, in a film with De Niro back, you know, certainly a few years back, where... You might have a three-page soliloquy, but the camera's on De Niro the whole time because he listens so intently that it's so, what, what's he thinking? What, what's going through his the topic? <laughs> These words are going on over here, but gosh, I just want to see what this guy's thinking. What is he thinking there? Why is he looking so hard at this guy? Why is he kind of And that to me is 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 the interesting part of acting. It's it's the, the actors who really listen to each other. Um, you know, Meryl Streep probably does it better than anyone, but she's in a scene, you're like, you can't take your eyes off her because she's so intent. Uh, listening to what's going on and what does that mean to her in the situation, uh, and that's that's great film acting, uh, not necessarily great stage acting. They're they're different, uh, but, but for film acting, you know, when you learn from those guys, especially, you know, the, the ones we talk about, those those guys in the seventies, they really were into something great. It was the truth of a situation, no matter how crazy the situation was. Uh, and we've gone away from that a little bit. You know, now these these massive tentpole, you know, comic book films which are great they're fantastic but they're just they're, they're different from 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 what i generally like to watch or or even more so like to act in i would rather I, I really enjoy doing the films that we're doing these smaller budgeted films where we get to tell these you know smaller stories and really delve into the characters dig in deep into the psyche of the characters and you know, that's what we do yeah they're it. not
1: they're not so much into those kind of human performances really no. as,
0: uh... and then boone, boone really took our time with with the acting performances and really you know, allowing the actors to enjoy it, but make sure you're prepared. Let's go to work. And and uh, I think Ravain and I did, you know, we're very proud of what we did with Jason Starn and with Cinedyme that, you know, Cinedyme has been so good to us to you know, produce these films and produce the films that we're going to do in the future. Um, so, you know, we're in a really fantastic spot right now.
1: It was, you know, what you're talking about actors kind of listening and how important that is, is that a thing? And obviously it's a thing that you sort of learn eventually um, as you become an actor, but is that something that you kind of noticed, do you think? Uh, growing up that was interesting to you or is that something that kind of uh, you learned later as an actor
0: I, I learned when i was at syracuse university you know studying theater there it was the first year of our freshman year was all about intention and listening and we weren't allowed to use words our freshman year which is mm-hmm. which is, that you think as an actor well that's kind of dumb it's actually the greatest training thing that we ever had because wow. we had to uh, get something from someone else and them not knowing what we wanted and us not being able to use words or mime or anything. You had to figure out how to get that thing and and uh, it, it, it build your intentions that much stronger. Uh, and then when you can use words, words just are easy to get things with words, but it's harder to get things without them. So it also made me listen and concentrate more on what the other person was trying to get from me and listening and trying to decipher what was reality. So I, I've, it's, it's always been in the back of my head. If you listen to the actor instead of worrying about the words so much, know your words like crazy for sure, yeah. but really listen to what the other person wants in the scene and what the situation is. And then it's, you're, you're much more watchable on camera. When I, when I did one of my first movies, um, Burden of Proof. I did it with Hector Elizondo. And he goes, if, if nothing else, while you're acting, think of what you need to get from the produce section today. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. I'm like, okay, I need avocados. And if you're just sitting there thinking about avocados, the audience is thinking, what the heck is he thinking? Well, He's thinking. Well, like, here, like, like, here's another. We did Justified, Justified, Gosh, about seven or eight years ago, almost 10 years ago now. Uh, and there was a scene where I told Graham Yoss I wanted to be hopped up on Oxycontin, which I'm peddling. Um, and, and I want to be naked in the scene. He goes, okay. And I was kind of half <laughs> in jest. Uh, and I'm sitting there in the makeup trailer and I'm reading the script and I called, I called grandma. I said, and there I am doing exactly that. And I said, I was kind of kidding. He goes, no, Neil, you don't kid. You don't kid. You, you this is what you want. And I gave it to you. And I go crush it. So we go there in the day and there I am naked, hopped up on Oxycontin, getting dressed and, and my wife, Revae is there on set. And it's all so absurd. And we're laughing hysterically at the situation. And, and, as I walk into the bathroom, there's an 18 year old boy strapped to a toilet, handcuffed. It's absurd. So um, I finally walk into the bathroom and, and I do the, do the scene. And three weeks later, we sit there and we watch the show. And for two days, Rave wouldn't speak to me. I'm like, honey, what, what's what's wrong? This, what were you thinking when you walked into the to, to the room with that boy in the toilet? And I always like to keep my choices really simple. It's like thinking of your produce. Thank you, Hector Elizondo. And all I could think of was I just had all this Oxycontin and I really need to brush my teeth. And by keeping your, your choices so simple, right. especially as a, as a villain, it's earth shattering because the audience is like, what the heck is going through his brain? He's so calm in this maddening situation. Well, those are the tricks you use you know, when you're trained really well to be in those situations and make them come off the page. And, and that's what I, just, that's the, I love about acting is is creating these moments to entertain the audience. And I, right. I, I love it. I'm blessed to be able to do it.
1: yeah, I mean, I'm now going back and watching those episodes again.
0: Oh yeah. It's
1: good stuff. To see that. And and Joe, finally, maybe now you'll let me do an episode Naked on OxyContin.
2: That's right. How does how does our viewership now? How I'm do trying they know forever. that you're not already doing it naked on OxyContin. <laughs> exactly. We already know about the OxyContin part. They, that part they can uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. Damn it. Damn it. Um, but yeah, it's also it's interesting you say that too about you know you're talking about like John Wayne at the end too because he um, uh, as much as you know that voice and that presence and everything he he was good at being kind of calm and quiet in the scene. And,
0: and, you 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 can't beat his performance in the Cowboys. You, uh, know, you know it's just yeah. You know I broke my hip once and my back twice on my worst day I'd still beat the hell out of you to Bruce Stern. Oh my gosh! And the way he yeah. said it was just. Best- <laughs> You know, in Roscoe Lee Brown, you know, the same thing. His performance yeah. was, God forgive those who I've killed and for those I'm about to. Yeah, <laughs> I he's got a noose, to, yes. a noose around a noose. his neck. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, come on. It was, it was like, a, it was a perfect film. I, I, I loved it. And, and, you know, the stakes were so high, not just for John Wayne in the movie, but he knew he was, you know, he was sick and it was coming down the home stretch of his life, especially in The Shootist. It was yep. just yeah. remarkable to see, you know, the scene with him and Jimmy Stewart Jimmy Stewart's telling him, you know, you know, if I were a brave man like you, I'd just take myself out, but I'm not that brave of a man because the pain's going to be so substantial. But that was Jimmy Stewart talking to his, his buddy, John Wayne saying, you know, I know you're sick and you know, it's those moments that when art, art really imitates life that you find these amazing performances. And that's what happened in the shoot is for sure
1: yeah absolutely um and then yeah especially the, but but you know the cowboys i think seeing that at the age um of one of those young boys probably uh, so good uh, certainly helped him to go back to it as an adult to find out that it works just as well is so satisfying yeah um yeah but let's not talk about the ending i i recently got uh, uh i got i got chewed out publicly by quentin tarantino for giving a giving away the ending to the cowboys
0: you can't you can't can't do it it's, oh really oh that's uh,
1: interesting yeah yeah it's only it's only been 40 years <laughs> but
0: uh, <laughs> still a perfect movie you know
1: it it truly is uh although we did what Booster was on he talked about the ending, so it's all right um well cool let's talk about yeah i mean that that is certainly my favorite era for movies too i mean yeah um, sort of, and then, uh, and that's what we're, we're
0: trying to, to get you know with the mcdonough company we're trying to do films that you know, pay homage to those types of films. Boone's a simple guy. He's a hitman who found his heart through through God. And, you know, he tries to run away from the world. You know, after part one, Redstone was this great little thriller that we shot in Texas. And then halfway through, I decided, you know, with the director, Derek, that why don't we write part two and and go raise financing? Rave went out and found the financing. And before you knew it, we were doing two films. You know, we finished two films within a calendar year during COVID, which is pretty remarkable. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, you know, it's those types of films, those simple 70s guys that uh, are, are up against it. And are they brave enough to stand up to certain situations by the end? You know, the, the, thematically, the, those are the things that I loved, you know, growing up. And that's what we're doing now. We're trying to stay away from all the, you know, over the top explosions and this and that, just keep it simple, you know, keep our film simple. And I think people really like to watch you know, ninety minutes of a simple get out of your life and watch this other guy go through hell and and, and come out of it in the end. And I like those guys. I've always I've always liked those types of those films and characters. So that's what Ravey and I are doing now. I'm going to keep doing it until they tell me I can't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, because it it also and and forgive me for making an assumption, but because you're making movies on a budget, we live in a time now where if you're not hung up on a big theatrical distribution. Uh, you can actually make those films and they can be seen by a large audience. Yeah.
0: Um, well, like, like Synodyme, they put out the film in, you know, several markets, you know, in the theaters, but you know, let's not kid ourselves unless you have the massive PNA to be able to pump the snot out of a film, you're not right. going to see it. It's a word of mouth thing. Yeah. But so far Boone has done exceptionally well, you know, on all the, all the platforms on Amazon, on on Apple and all these other things. So um, I, people really like these types of movies and, and, You know, it's funny, here I am in my mid fifties, this, you know, this action guy now in Westerns and neo-Westerns. And, you know, I finally got into the place where I've always wanted to be and I get to do it alongside my wife. And, you know, you know, God's given me this great position to be in, in my life. And I'm going to keep doing movies that have a faith friendly backdrop, but talk about issues and really get into characters and the what ifs of life. You know, here's a faith friendly film that talks about a hitman who finds his heart. You know, I, I don't think that the, that the faith films just have to be one way. I think if we really talk about real life situations and get to the bottom of them and finding the bravery to get through these situations, we all wish we had the bravery to get through our silly situations that we go through or not so silly situations that we go through. And every once in a while, when you go to the cinema or at home at your own cinema, yeah. and you find guys that get through these situations, and you know what? Maybe I can. Call me corny and old fashioned, but... I'm corny and old fashioned, and I like these movies.
1: Also, like, I mean, you can do that stuff without. Um, I mean, it's funny. One of my one of the reviews I am most proud of in my life was because uh, uh, I'm not I'm not religious, but Christianity today gave History of Violence a rave review, and they even in the review the critic said, "I'm sure Carter and Olson are are atheists," but and then proceeded to sort of lay out the ways in which they felt the film kind of. You know, expressed a worldview that walked in sync with his own. And I was like, that's amazing. That's what you yeah. want to do is you want to reach people who are not uh, necessarily sunk into your specific ideological worldview. And that's right. Find a commonality without... That's right. Um, yeah. No, I like that. And it, that's um, in such short supply these days. Yeah.
0: Oh, boy, is it.
1: Indeed. And I also um, and I would guess that you sort of have that uh, you can have that kind of Cassavetes thing where um, when 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 you need to bring in some extra financing, you can always go off. I mean, you're not going to have a hard time landing apart in some big budget thing and then go off and do that, give a great performance, come home and make one of your films. Right.
0: Look, you know, like what Eastwood did, um, the kids just walked in the house. I guess, you know, what Eastwood did, you know, by starting Mel Paso and doing his films when he was you know kind of my age. And it was years ago, he said, you got to stop being a gun for hire and create your own destiny. And I took it to heart, but I didn't really take it to heart. And then we did Greater, uh, which did so well. And then the Warrant, now the Warrant 2 and Boone, Boon 2 and Boon 3 and Warrant 3 and all these things. That's to be able to to just do the films that I love to do with my wife and never have to work for anybody else ever again. That's all I want to do. I don't, no, I don't. Necess- wow. I don't necessarily yeah. want to work for anybody else ever again because... I want to make films that I know audiences are going to like. And Cinedigm is giving us the opportunity to make those films at at at, a, at the right price. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to make $50 million, $100 million films. I like these smaller budgeted films where everyone's kind of in it together and working hard for a common goal. Let's go make the best film possible. But also, let's really enjoy the process of filmmaking, getting to know each other as a family for a finite amount of time. You know, we got a month to do this movie. Let's go really enjoying on the weekends. We're going to have lunches at our house. We'll have people playing music, and you know we had on Boone. We had I can't even tell you Saturdays and Sundays. Crew and cast would come by the house. We rented this beautiful house where people could just hang out. with my wife and her her best friend Marianne would be cooking feasts all day. People would be drinking wine if that's what they chose to do so. Or there's a guitar in the corner, or there's somebody else reading sonnets from Shakespeare. It was just this. It felt like a '70s Coppola type of afternoon at our house where we're doing filmmaking and. Doing a film is great, but it's the memories that you make during films that, that I love, you know? So, I mean, you guys are the same way, I'm sure. You guys have done so much stuff in your lives that you know, it's, if you don't love doing what you're doing, the end result isn't gonna be as good. So if, if we're all hanging out and having a great time as a family for those you know, 21 days of filming, which we had on Boone, then we weren't doing our job right. But to make everyone happy and enjoy and have great times while we're doing the film, you'll act better, the grips will work better. The, the craft service will be a little bit tighter. You know, everything will be better because we're all in it to win it, and I, I love that. And you know, me being the guy that I am, I'm always saying you know blessings or prayers on set for everyone, and 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 that's kind of how I roll. And, and Ravey's the same, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be in the position that I'm in right now in my life.
1: Well, that's I mean that's great, and it's definitely I mean I can see the Eastwood influence too because he's certainly you know got that kind of vibe on his sets where sort of everyone's been working together for a long time, and that's right. You know, I think they well, still. I don't know if he's, but you know, he works nine to five. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah, he makes great films. That's uh, right. I know you're. You're an Unforgiven fan, right? Oh my gosh! Is that well, I, of, I, I, of,
0: I, I keep talking about the moments of, you know, how the close up has kind of ruined filmmaking, And um, that you know these wide shots where the set decorators get to show off what they did. You know, the wardrobe people get to show off what they did instead of you know hundred mil close ups on everything. Let's 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 bust it out at twenty five, and let's let's show what the world is like, and and, and you know and that's what he did so well in the Unforgiven, and then that moment where he takes that pull off that whiskey bottle, mm-hmm. and you know exactly what's happening. He saved that moment for that. He saved that you know high close up, just going right down in in his soul when he's pulling off that whiskey bottle, and it, it, it's those moments of, of filmmaking that that I love so much, and that's why I love the Western genre so much because. You get to show off the sets. You get to show off all the things that everyone works so hard for. And, and that's what we're doing. And, and, you know, yes, I'm stealing from Mel Paso. Yes, I'm stealing from Clint Eastwood. But if you're going to steal, steal from the best. And, and
1: that's right. what I think he is. <laughs> always, always, yeah. yes. Um, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about a couple of the other films then that uh, sort of inspired you along the way. That um, hit, us, hit us up with one.
0: Oh, boy. I mean, gosh, there's, there's, there's so many. Um, you know, of recent films in the last several years, uh, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, big wide master shots and coming in for the close ups only when you need it. And there will be blood kind of encapsulates yeah. all of that. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis's performance was just complete, just absolutely remarkable. But the way that, that it was filmed that, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, the way he really just like broke down the scenes, you know, he spent a year working on his shot list and when he got to work, he was ready to rumble. Uh, And that's what I love. I love when, when actors, directors, writers, everyone on the set is prepared for game day and films like that really work because everyone's prepared. Then you look at the mule, you look at, you know, some of these films that Clint did later on in his career, there, there, you know, there, there's some simple Grant Torino's come on. It's just a It's a fantastic performance by Clinton. The way he shot it was pretty terrific. You know, I like those films. I don't necessarily need to see a bazillion close ups on everyone. And, uh, and lots and lots of explosions. They're fun to do, uh, but I love, you know, again, going back to Band of Brothers. They, they let the camera do the work, and the actors just hit their marks, and uh, it was pretty remarkable.
1: The, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, I want to recommend highly uh, talk about that. It's, um, I think my, it's my favorite example of that is, uh, have, you have There's a, what is it, Joe, seven and a half hour uh, Russian version of War and Peace from 1966. Which actually, they just
2: ran on, wow. on Turner Classic Movies last month.
1: Yeah. Oh, did they really? Seven hours.
2: Oh, I gotta see that.
1: <laughs> it's I believe it's still on the Criterion Channel. There's a great Criterion Blu-ray. It's absolutely incredible because it was the Russian, you know, the Soviet government going, you know, what is this we've decadent Westerns make a movie of our greatest literature? So they make an epic film. They give the director uh, Vondrich everything he wants. I mean, somebody somebody did a. Uh, they figured out in in sort of contemporary dollars would be if, if the movie cost about a billion dollars today, the entire Soviet army in period peace
0: are you serious? Oh, I Epic,
1: epic battle scenes. I mean, you can't believe the scope of the thing because it's real. You know, a helicopter will fly over a battlefield where a fight is going, you know, a battle's going on, and it just keeps going and going and going. And and for me at least, the most powerful shot in the entire movie is a close up of a young girl. I mean, it's just it's an amazing, amazing scene. And uh, uh but but I mean the film itself is is unbelievable. And that's awesome. It's broken into it. parts. So you can you're you're not you're not cheating if you watch it over a couple of nights.
0: Because with five kids, I have seven and a half hours to spare.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Unlike the rest of us who just, that's you know, right. sit around watching seven and a half hour movies that's, all, that's the right. all the time.
0: All the but, time.
1: But yeah, if you're a fan of that, I highly, it's a great film anyway. And they've got it at our sponsors, moviesunlimited.com, along with many of the other movies we're talking about with Neil this week, as well as many, if not all, the movies we talk about with all of our guests. Uh, MoviesUnlimited.com is the expert on movies since 1978. You're going to find thousands of titles to choose from. Classics, hard to find ones, new releases. So support our sponsor and be good to yourself.
2: So should you find uh, your hands idle while listening to our podcast, you can uh, go to your uh, computer and click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites, old and new movies, at MoviesUnlimited.com, where shipping is always free on orders over $50. And, and who orders anything that isn't already $50? So, so, spend that money. So, check it out at moviesunlimited.com.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- ch- that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, forward free, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the others. I mean, uh, you had, you'd said, um, I, I've, I've pulled up your, your list. We're cheating here, a bit, but, but um, uh, well, let's talk about Jaws because I want to, I want to, I mean, everyone loves Jaws, but what, what is it about Jaws that speaks
0: to you? you know? It, it, it was so, you know it's it was the acting it was the performances you yeah. know it, it was there wasn't a bad performance in the whole movie and, and it, it was it was steven here's this 26 year old director uh who had really not done much at all except for duel who went you know a month over filming schedule and tripled the budget but they had faith in him because they knew he was doing a great job Um, and how do you, you know, Scheider was, come on. It was, it was just such a great acting film. Everyone thinks about the shark for me, it's really about the performances and, and, and what they did. And, you know, that scene with the three of them on the boat, show me the way to go. Yeah. They killed that scene. Um, and you know, the, the story that Steven told me on set, you know, we talked about Jaws and we talked about Sean, his performance was so just spectacular. And what he did is he got himself a horrible little motel room on the docks in Narragansett, uh, and he, they had him fill his room with Narragansett beer, because that's what all the Narragans- That's all the guys who drank it. And he would drink himself silly every night just hanging out with the guys and drawing upon his life. And then when they finally did that scene on the boat, um, about halfway through his first take, Shaw lost his, he had an emotional breakdown. And Stephen told everyone to go home. And he sat there with his arm around Robert Shaw and talking about life and getting him out of it. And he stayed there for hours just talking to him and everyone else went home and he came back the next day. And what you saw the next day was, was what it was. Who does that as a director mm. yeah, at that age where, when the budget is there and there's a gun to your head and you need to come through and, and produce quickly. Uh, and, and he had the wherewithal to, to, to work with his actors. And that's what Steven does so well. And, you know, he's great at special effects. He's great at these huge things, but he's really great with actors. And and that's why he's so successful as a director. I and mean, you look what he did with West side story. Those performances
1: yeah.
0: were remarkable. The dancing was great. The sets were great. The choreography was unbelievable. The, the, the colors and everything, but it was the performances by the actors. And I think that's why Steven is the greatest director of all time, because he pulls it out of you and, what he did out of those guys was was really remarkable, and that's why Jaws to me is you know top three favorite films of mine of all time. Not just because it was shot in Cape Cod, my home. Oh <laughs> ah, well, that, that helps. Formid- that helps. Yeah, that's right.
1: The uh, I still remember. I, I won't say their name, but I remember reading a critic years and years ago writing a review of another film, and and he said, "Not since Robert Shaw and Jaws has an actor uh, given such an over the top ridiculous performance." And I remember just thinking. I'm never reading you again. Never. <laughs> it was like oh, You're oh, not- the time. You're he was spot on. He what was What are you perfect. talking about? He He's perfect. yeah, that's, that's an amazing performance. He's so, so good. good at that.
0: So yeah. good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Um, movie.
1: I'm just gonna kind of bounce around here too, because I'm interested. There's another one, uh, another one directed by a guest of ours. Uh, uh Joey's got nobody down here. We oh, had um oh. Ilya Neishler on the show oh. from Russia. Uh, from a screening of the film from Russia last year, it was a lot of Nobody, fun. Nobody, I've seen
0: it. I can't tell you how many times I annoy Reven. I'll sit here at night, late night, and I'll just keep watching it. Um, be, be, it because because it's it's one of those stories about you know the everyman, you know, and can the everyman get through the situation, um, you know, and and boy, Odenkirk just destroys it. You know what he did to his body for those two years of working out and. Uh, and preparing himself for it, that, that that fight scene on the bus without giving the story away might be one of the greatest yeah. vigilante fight scenes in in cinema history. And yeah. and, and the scene of him sitting in, in the nightclub at the end with the thing, I won't give the story away, tied to his wrist and what he's going to do and, and what he's prepared to do. Woo! Nobody's just an, an
2: incredible, incredible piece of It film is. There. It's a remarkable movie and it really didn't get enough attention, I didn't think uh no it, it
1: wasn't was i thought it was big no but it didn't you know. it
2: didn't it doesn't people don't talk about it you know
0: it's should. Like, it, it's like it's, kirk should have been up for an academy an, award. it's close <laughs> to a class
2: you know it is yeah well, the it academy always you know, don't it, mean what they used to mean. uh so no,
0: it's, it's 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 a different it's a, it's a different it's a different time but he was he was spent he was fantastic and those are the films that you know that that we're trying to get that we're making now and, and yeah you know that's a much bigger budgeted film, but you know maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. I kind of like this the the wheelhouse. or in those three million dollar films where people will get paid fairly. You're there for a short amount of time, and let's go kick some butt mm-hmm. together. And uh, I I like it. That that's you know, and Ravey and I are are doing well with it. And and long may we run with it.
1: Um, how about uh, uh, kind of shift gears here? You you put Caddyshack on your list. Is that is that uh, nostalgia or have you gone back recently and watched it and really
0: i've seen caddy shack 643 times <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know in, in fact for my birthday the other day you know one of my best friends brought, bought me all the hats from caddy shack you, know, you get a free bowl of soup with that hat the caddy the hat that, that uh danny noonan was wearing and the other <laughs> hats, you know and, and it was you know that was one of those movies that you know in it was you know, there I am in high school is one of the first kind of naughty films that I had ever seen. And it was kind of like laughing in church. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing because it was so this is so wrong. I shouldn't be looking at this. I'm, oh, I'm, I can't watch. I can't watch anymore. I'm, I'm still watching, you know, is one of those films. Uh, but every, their performances were just, you know, these guys went off from Bill Murray to you know, Ted Knight, whom I have stole oh. from so many times. Oh my that, God! Of course, you know, yeah. you know ten, 10 night is
1: as soon as you say that, I'm.
0: Mary, uh, what he did on the Mary Tyler Moore show was, and that's what I wanted to do as an actor. I wanted to go into a TV show, have two or three scenes, crush it and go home to my wife and kids. And that's right. kind of what I've done for the last 20 years <laughs> that I'll be the villain. I'll go crush it on, you know, on set. And then I'll be off to, to have my life. And, you know, when you're the, Hero on a TV series. Oh, You're yeah, married to that funny. thing for 16 hours a day, nine months a year, and that's just yeah. not that much fun. But yeah. to be the villain on a TV show—that's the <laughs> best job you could possibly have, other than being on a sitcom like Ted Knight was on Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> Mary, Mary Lou, mm-hmm. gosh, he just killed well, it. And then, and then when he when he finally had his chance in Caddyshack, he just my tore it uh, up. my
2: father was a golf pro, and uh, I've seen a lot of golf movies but I never saw one that caught the whole country club vibe as well. It's, it's really it's arrow so arrow. accurate. It's just, it's chillingly accurate. And, and Ted, the character, that, no the character that Ted Knight plays, I must, must have met 12 of those guys when I was a kid. The best.
0: <laughs> you know, and then Chevy Chase's performance compared to Bill Murray's performance. There was, and they couldn't stand each other. And you know, later on, they had to write that scene where the two of them are there in, 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 in his little bunkhouse in the back. And, you know, Chevy Chase's ball goes through the window and it's a play through. And there is those two guys improv-ing a scene because they decided they need to have some camera time together, the producers, and they just hated each other. But it was genius. <laughs> you know, it was one-upping each other in the scene. It was great. Um, well, here's but, here's yeah. my
1: question, because I, I have been, uh, I saw one it came out a bunch of times because it was that movie. And I've not gone back. And I'm terrified that it won't hold up. And my, I, I need you to be, when you go back, is it holding up for you or is it nostalgia? It's okay. You it can be, yeah, there's both, both are good reasons, but I need to know, because I don't want to go back and have it.
0: From Cad- Caddyshack? Caddyshack, yeah. Oh, no, it's no. It's, it holds it, up? It, okay. It's, oh. it's, the, one, the one you're
2: thinking of that's not not so good the second time is Caddyshack too. Caddyshack two, also not very good the first time. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Absolutely, <laughs> yep. Caddyshack won. What Rodney Dangerfield does, just yes. what Rodney Dangerfield. I'm talking about on, all the yeah. other and all the other characters are just as incredible. Even the smaller characters are just dynamite. You know Brian Dola Murray as the Caddysh- the head of the Caddyshack. He yeah, he wrote the movie and, and and how great he was in it. But you look what Rodney Dangerfield did in that film and the bravery that he had to deliver the lines that you know. He created himself. Come on, that's just that's just genius filmmaking. Genius filmmaking. It was great.
1: Okay, I'm I'm I'm, so I'm his, his
2: second best performance in a movie was in Natural Born Killers. Oh, oh which gosh. is pretty a pretty was, amazing sequence.
0: It was the it, it was possibly yeah. what, you know one of the greatest bits of casting yeah. ever because you never think of Rodney as that guy. He was yeah. chilling, oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. chilling. Yeah.
1: And I, did he ever get into the Academy finally, Joe? Or did they, they just never? I don't know. Because there's that whole thing where like he was, he was literally, they were not giving him any respect and they would not let him into the Academy. Like, what well, you he, he, he wouldn't do
0: Caddyshack 2 and they blackballed him. Really? And Yeah, and, he, and, and and that was it. And then he it was years later when he finally did Back to School on his own terms right. and I think yeah. his own financing. Yeah. And Back to School was such a great film. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Sam Kinison. Say it! Sam Kinison <laughs> was so good. Yes. You know, uh, but Rodney's, you know, he's fantastic.
1: Uh, Okay, I'm I'm feeling a little bit safer going back to that one. Because sometimes those, especially from that area, that type of comedy. Like Stripes. I I, I went back back to Stripes.
0: I was just about, Stripes Uh is coming out of my mouth. Stripes, the first half of Stripes is perfect. And then it kind of lags a little bit for a while. And in the end, you're like, okay, let's just get through it. Caddyshack yep. doesn't because the, the, act, the performances were so great and it was so simple. It was just it was it was dynamite.
1: Okay. I'm there. I'm there. You've convinced me. do um, you want to talk about bullet?
0: Well, you know, when they when they I say that you why re-
1: you would like Steve McQueen. That yeah, makes right. and sense. And now, which Stephen it's is it's
2: now apparently redoing. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's it's, right. Yeah. to no particular apparent reason, but I can find to read to read you can't redo
0: bullet. It's like, you know, how can you redo the coolness of Steve McQueen? You can't. And the way that it was filmed and the car chases, Jacqueline Bessette and everyone else, it was just such a, a perfect film in, 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 in what they did. It was, it was really simple. You know, the Dirty Harry films, you know, Bullet, all those simple crime drama films were simple in, in, in their execution, but they executed it really, really well allowing characters to 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 act there's Stephen mcqueen grabbing a sandwich there's little things that he does throughout the whole performance that makes him so watchable on screen you can't it's almost impossible to remake remaking rooster cogburn is is, as great as a film as it is it's it's not the same thing true grit it's not the same thing you know as as and it was a great movie but the original is better you can't take away from that it was so it's fantastic
1: well, I really felt too for, for Jeff Bridges in that, because I mean he's great in it. And it is kind of the more faithful, I guess, adaptation of the book. But that's right. there's that moment when you come to that line. And as an actor, you have to make the decision like I'm not gonna do what John Wayne did. And nothing else I could possibly do is gonna come close to what John Wayne did, you know. So it's it's you almost have to throw away that fill your head, you son of a bitch line. Yeah, that's right. Just, yeah. I just felt for him in that. But I mean, he's terrific, he's terrific in it. It's he's and if, nice you had movie, never, but, if you
0: had never seen the original True Grit, you'd think, well, that was a really good movie.
1: Yeah. And by the way, and then you might see the John mm-hmm. Wayne one and be mystified. I don't know. I don't know. It's always weird. That's right. That's you right. i come to these things. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as we're on the Coen Brothers then, because uh, you put down easily one of my top five favorite movies of all time. My favorite Coen Brothers film of all time. Notice Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. Yeah. Oh. Just rewatched. And, and,
0: and I've never met them, but I would love to ask them, did they write Barton Fink because the Academy turned their nose up to Miller's crossing because that should have been nominated for, Ed, no, they were, they thing.
1: were the stories they wrote Barton Fink. They were having, they're having real writer's block on Miller's crossing. And they went off and they wrote Barton Fink in the middle of it.
0: Because Barton Fink's phenomenal. I mean, yep. it's just phenomenal, but Miller's crossing, Danny boy, the Danny boy scene where Albert Finney yeah, you, sees, yes. sees the smoke, sees, puts the cigar out and puts it into his pocket.
1: Yes, he knows he's
0: gonna smoke it later. After he smokes all these guys, <laughs> slides off the roof, come down with a Tommy gun, and just lights them on fire. Oh my goodness!
1: Old man, Danny still, old man, still at least with a Thompson. Yes, yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, just everything about that movie. I mean, just every line of dialogue is just meticulous and perfectly chosen. And
0: Taturo, uh, Gay Byrne, Polito, Pul- every everyone was just dialed in. It was so great.
1: I mean, my my theory is, and not to knock them, they made. A I mean, probably my favorite consistent filmmakers uh, working. But I feel like, yeah, the response to Miller's Crossing—it wasn't a hit. It didn't get any Academy consideration, and I've, I've I've suspected for years they just went like, "Well, if you're not going to love us, we're not going to give you 100 percent again." And that right. we have been getting—we've right. been getting the cones at about 75, percent which is still better than most people. But, That's right. Uh, God, oh uh, yeah, I, I that movie's amazing. It's uh,
0: genius. Just the colors, just the way there was filmed, and yeah, you know, again. Not close up, close up, close up. That the camera allowed to tell the story of the film, and then that was just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm always marveling to as a writer at at dialogue. Where you know, there's so many scenes where you just you sort of write through it. It's what would this guy say? What would that guy say? Boom, boom, moments boom, sort or of flows. That movie feels like every single line was considered for days. That's right. That's right. That's right. What's exactly. the best way? You know. Um love it, love it so much uh well let's see what else, what's oh we didn't talk about French connection either, which um kind of takes you back to to uh those iconic detectives but um was that are you did you see that one in a the theater as a kid
0: i did um and that that was one of those films that was almost like a horror film to me. It just shocked me to the core that you could make a movie and film it that way and it's always just it's been stuck in the back of my brain ever since and you know the driving sequences the lack of permits that i heard mm-hmm. uh doing those sequences driving around it's just you couldn't do that anymore uh, but it was hackman who i think was the eighth choice to play popeye mm-hmm. uh, you couldn't you couldn't imagine anyone else but Hackman because you know he's not you know i know they talked to redford about it they talked to newman about it it, it would just been a different film because those guys are so phenomenal looking and uh,
2: yeah they, and they, they, to, they to needed a the guy with a potato face I mean that that's that's, that's right. He, yeah. he was the
0: every he was the everyman. And you know, is so the way that was shot, you know, the what, what Hackman did as an actor, how he brought everything to the situation, you know, you know, there is a scene where you know he's using a bicycle as his alarm to his apartment. He kick and Scheider kicks the door open and there he is laying with someone and you know, with the handcuffs on on his on his ankle, and he goes to Scheider and says, you know, give me the keys over there, and then he just says this because you know exactly where he just was a second ago. <laughs> and it's just mind blowing how Hackman was so in it for every second of the film, knowing exactly where he just was, know the intention of what he has to go to, where he's going up next, and he knew what he was up against, and, and, he, and he pulled it all together. It, it was just one of those performances that was just, to me, you know, if, if not the best performance of anyone I've ever seen on screen, it, it's a top two or three for sure. It was it was just that
1: good. Yeah, and is there anybody there's nobody like him right now who's a who's a big A-list movie star. We just don't have those guys
0: who are working on it, Josh. I'm
1: working <laughs> are, I I hate to you you Neil, you're too good looking, man. Sorry, I hate saying this to work, you. You're a very handsome man. man and and you, Hackman just had a kind of I mean, he the was everyman. great looking, but he just yeah, he just looked like
0: He was the everyman. You know, yeah. He was he was unbelievable and it's you know, so they're, 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 I don't know if there'll ever be another Hackman again. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to steal from him as much as I possibly can. And, and uh,
1: stop, stop working out. I would say, <laughs> yeah, stuffing your face. You know, it's like I do. I
0: stuff my face. Um, the, I, can, I can't, I can't gain any weight ever since I gave oh, up. I bacon.
1: hate this guy. Joe. because you know, he's working,
0: working
2: too hard. on making all these movies.
0: I, I I gave up alcohol six years ago, and I can eat nine pizzas now, and I I'll, 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 I can't gain weight. It's it's just crazy. Uh. It's Beer way. I've, the I've kill truly
1: out. never hated a guest before. But, um, yeah, I'm allowed a slice of pizza a month, and it's—I uh, sure. you know, only put on five pounds when I do It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, no Charles Durning. We don't. We just don't. Uh,
0: no. It, it's it's different now. It's 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 a different landscape, and
1: yeah, you
0: know that landscape doesn't really pertain to what Ravey and I are doing right now. We're making our own films. Uh, we're making them the way that I know, you know, Cassavetes would be proud of us, and Clint Eastwood would be proud of us, and. You know, th- those are the films that I've always loved growing up So, I'm, and, and they're entertaining to me. And so far, the ones that we've made, people really love these movies and, and want more of them. So I'm going to, you know, gosh, th- to be able to write and to produce with my wife and to star in movies and to play them, to the hero, which I've always wanted done and never could because I wasn't getting the chance. And now I'm getting the chance because Clint Eastwood years ago said, this it. is what you have to do. And I'm doing it. And it's, you know, God's got my back. I'm a very blessed guy and I'm not going to let him down. And, and that's, that's what keeps me cooking.
1: Well, it's great too. And it's one of the, you know, there's a lot of lamenting about sort of the death of Hollywood, which I think, you know, Hollywood will always be here and will always turn into something else. But one of the nice things about this kind of explosion of content and the availability of technology is um, you don't have to spend the kind of money you used to to reach an audience. That's right. And I've, I've always said, I mean, I try to yeah write, write for yourself first because unless you're like Jeffrey Dahmer, who I think is a unique individual. There's going to be a million other people out there who are going to enjoy what you enjoy. It's just a matter of finding right. them, you know? And, um, yeah, it seems like you're doing yeah, it. And, and, just and, I,
0: and, I, and I think that, you know, you know, middle America really enjoys, you know, I I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my faith. I'm, I'm proud that, you know, of, of what I stand for in, but, you know, I don't want to make films that are just for Christian people. I want right. to make films that, you know, Muslims and Jewish and Buddhists and Taoists and you know agnostics and atheists can all look at and say, you know what? Maybe I could be a little bit better. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be this anymore. Maybe I can, you know, and you know, that's what we're making. And it's it's you know, I, I couldn't be happier to be in the position where I get to do this and build it with my wife and my kids and you know, build a company that that I hope will be around for years and, and my and our kids just build upon it and make it even better.
1: Uh, well, fantastic. Just provided you never try to reach out to the Albanians, because they're they're right. just, they're bad people. Oh, <laughs> oh, great the Albania bashing but, me now. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Now, what is that? I, it came up the other day, there's that uh, Keanu Reeves Peter Falk movie. Do you remember this? Uh, Tune in Tomorrow.
2: Oh, and and I you uh, remember. Peter
1: it. Falk. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. It's based on a Losa novel, um, uh, who's a Mexican writer. And Peter Falk plays a radio uh, writer. He, wrote, he writes radio dramas in the 40s. And um, Keanu Reeves wants to be, he's like his hero. But Peter Falk has this weird thing where everything he writes, he always injects insults to the Albanians because he just hates them inexplicably.
0: <laughs> funny. And
1: they keep That's- coming and protesting at the radio station. He's like, ah,
0: forget them. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at Peter Falk and you think, okay, we're going to start a TV series called Columbo. And we're going to cast this middle-aged guy who's really short with one eye as the lead. Try that nowadays. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. There's just no, you know, you, but by go back to the characters of the seventies that I grew up in, you know, Canon, Rockford files, Columbo, all these shows where these actors were just great actors. They weren't necessarily poster boys, mm-hmm. but they were just yeah. great actors that you couldn't take your eyes off of. And, and those are, again, those, those are the, the guys that I loved watching. And, 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 um, those are the films that are, and TV series that I want to keep making. I, I just like that
2: and stuff. Now you're, and now you're one of them.
0: And now I'm one of them. <laughs> ma'am, 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 ma'am. One more thing.
1: Well, there was also, I mean, again, we're talking about this day. There was also that thing, where Bruce Willis was a guy who, um, at a point in his career, where other actors would have started wearing hair pieces, he was just like, screw it. Nope. I'm, I'm an action star. I'm losing my hair. Live with it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It sort of a, yeah, no, which was kind of lovely. And I he's joke. done pretty well. Hey, he makes some, yeah. I think he you know, he's had a good career, but uh, Joe, like what? what's your what, what happened? Why, why, why no more funny looking movie stars, man?
2: Well, I wouldn't <laughs> say funny looking, I mean, you know, people used to no, you know, people you know, used to say, How did Dustin Hoffman get to be a movie star? You know, because he, does, right. he looks like a kind of an odd duck, you know, uh, but it wasn't, it was because people like to watch him, but you know, that was true of even in the old days of, of uh, you know, uh, Spencer Tracy wasn't, uh, you know. A,
1: Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart yeah. was a sex star. He was like, he still, there's something about the guy. He said, even a cigarette dangling, I was about balding. Well, but there's, 16. there's, like, there's magnetism great- yeah.
2: and, and uh, you know, and yeah. there's
1: talent,
0: you know? And there's talent too. That's right. Yeah.
1: But, but I'm saying, but none of that explains why we don't have those actors anymore, unless you're just saying that like, well, they're not,
2: it, people, people who are unusual looking. No, we're, we're not talent. making well, I mean, that I mean, kind of movie anymore.
0: No, the, I think the ultimate, every man in show you were, you know, when when you look at Tom Hanks and look what, you know, where he's gone in his career and, and what he does and the kind of guy that he is, he is the every man, yeah. you know? So, um, there, there are still guys out there who do it and, 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 and people love Tom Hanks because he is the everyman, And, um, there aren't enough guys like that in, in, in cinema right now for me, everything's, that's why it was so refreshing to watch Bob Odenker tear it up and nobody. Yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. it was his shot of the title and he went swinging hard. Yeah. And, and that's, yes. that's, that's great stuff.
1: And plus he, and he carries all that baggage of playing a kind of schlubby guy. Too, that's right. Is wonderful. That's right. It's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Uh, but it does, I do feel like we've lost something. I do feel like, you know, if they're going to make the graduate today, you you you'd cast yeah. a, a great actor. I mean, oh, you know, they about. wanted,
2: they wanted, they wanted Redford. So which gives right. you, it gives a, you yeah. an idea
1: of what, how it changed, you know? But can you imagine an era where you're looking at like Redford and Hoffman today and going, "Yeah, let's go." It just it would never happen today.
0: No, no, wouldn't. Or
2: Hackman. Or Hackman. Yeah, yeah, any of these guys. It's it's a different lens. Gene Hackman as the graduate. Now there's a concept. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? I Paul, <laughs> you, Giamatti,
1: Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti gives me
0: was, hope. Was, wasn't, a... wasn't wasn't Hoffman and Hackman roommates back at the Studio they, days? Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Pretty good stuff. That's telling to do sense.
1: it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think we've lost something. Um I think Neil, my only career advice to you would be just start stuffing your face. That's awesome. And, <laughs> and if you got to start drinking again to get to put on the weight, then I, I recommend That's right. it, whatever you, That's do, right. that, whatever, need, whatever it takes. Yeah. We need, we need like, you need the gin blossoms. You need the big fat jowls. It's, I, so, I
2: wouldn't really I take think. a lot of advice from him about this subject. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Whatever. I feel like, I feel right like, I feel like this is going
1: in one year, not the other anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, you, know, you're, you are one of, one of the more prolific people who has ever been on the show.
1: Oh my God! I mean, yes, it's, it's yes, really
2: it's 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 kind of bracing to see that somebody can have a career and continue to work. <laughs> you know,
0: look, it, you know for, for me it's it's simple. I knew early on that that God gave me this gift. You know, I, as Reve says, I can't pound a nail, I can't tell a joke, but man, I can act. You know, and you put me in front of a camera. Well, I, you I could act get, like you were you pounding a knife.
2: nail. You could act like you were telling a that, joke. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <sighs> anyway, th- thanks, for, thanks for coming on. It was uh Yeah, no, it's, really been, a it's been
1: wonderful talking. And it's and it's great to hear about uh, the, the work you're doing, too, because I, I love when people get to sort of just go kind of the hell with it. I'm going to go do what I want to do and make the movies try that to make I'm the make. world yeah. a better
0: place. Yeah. Which yeah, create. exactly. One, yeah, that too. One, that too. That's always, always a nice thing. Yes. Always if you can just do any
1: of those things, let alone all of them. So, uh, Neil, thank you, thank so you very much. much. The movie is Boone. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. And uh, we're looking for... And You said the new one's a Western? Is that what you were saying? Or uh,
0: The Warrant Part 2 is a Western. Okay. Uh, the, the Boone is a Neo-Western, but uh, Warrant and Warrant Part 2, I just finished. Uh, the Reveille and I produced that one and also. you're still on ISB Yellowstone, Dur- right? No, I'm not. A, I, I, oh. I I kind of died in Yellowstone, but we're not exactly sure. <laughs>
1: Oh oh, 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 I guess oh, I was yeah. hearing the book. Uh, okay.
0: You can, can never kill the Irishman totally.
1: That's right. By the way, one of my favorite moments when somebody pointed out you're wearing your bolo wrong.
0: That's right. That was exactly. wonderful. That was on, and which was completely on purpose. <laughs> on, on, day, on day one, Taylor Sheridan's like, you know, that's not the way you wear it. I'm like, I know. That's why I'm wearing it this way to really get under people's skins. And, and it worked fantastic
1: uh well thanks thank you lot. Neil. Um, continue good luck to you we'll look for uh, what you're up to next uh, this was great
0: thanks guys thanks for the time i really appreciate it
1: god bless you guys our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers we can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown burbank we're the official podcast of trailers from the best damn movie website there is Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Stay safe out there, folks.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah,